White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter if you want to follow me there. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox on Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. Go there, subscribe, hit the notifications bell. So when we drop a video, you can know that first, and maybe you'll get sent a prize pack by Chris Tannehill. But with no further ado, let's start off locked on a line. I mean, locked on socks. Oh, yeah. with Chris Tannehill, how you doing? Oh, you should be riding high. We we should get you know we should get to all the negative stuff tonight because you're riding high off the Illini victory. Uh, congrats, congratulations! They curb stomp Michigan uh, on the road, right? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! There's You're nothing better. There's nothing better. Um, speaking of the prize pack, by the way, I sent one out today to a very loyal listener and a great supporter of the show, Zach Byrne. Uh, he he's the latest recipient of the prize pack. So we've sent out two so far, and actually we just hit the 300 subscriber mark on YouTube. So I'm going to be sending one out uh, again very shortly here because we've eclipsed 300, but we're trying to get to a thousand. Okay. So we can monetize those videos. So if you like the show, you're already on Google anyway, you may not even realize it, but you have uh, a YouTube account. Like if you're on YouTube and you're a Google person, just hit subscribe. That's all you got to do. We don't, you know, uh, bother you with too much content. You know, mm-hmm. we don't post stuff all the time. So yeah, just, it'll, it help us out and you may win a prize pack in return. So thank you to everyone who's been supporting and, uh, we hope Zach, uh, enjoys his prize pack. All right. Episode 181 today, and uh, today we're going to break down all the White Sox happenings out of Glendale. There's an injury concern for an important player, and the world is beginning to heal itself a little bit. Uh, But first, let's get to this game that happened today. Lucas Giolito is on the mound. Uh, White Sox and Rangers finished in uh, another tie today. Boy, if you you enjoy ties, uh, the White Sox spring training has has been one for the uh, record books here. They've had two ties in two straight days. It reminds me of that Simpsons soccer bit. Fast kicking, low scoring, and ties. (laughs) You bet. You bet. So after tying yesterday, they tied today. Yeah, I got two. <laughs> uh, Lucas Giolito was on the bump today. Uh, a very solid outing for him. Uh, four strikeouts and two innings pitched. Uh, but before we get to the stuff that happened in the game, uh, news items here. Yasmati Grandal has been sidelined uh, a bit here with an injury he suffered. Uh, he twisted his knee up during a running drill last week. Now, uh, this is like Groundhog Day for White Sox spring training and Yasmani Grandal. We went through an injury issue with him last spring, and I'm starting to feel, though, as if uh, this is another, I don't want to say made up, you know, because I don't think they're straight up lying about it, but it, it makes all the sense in the world uh, that the Sox may be just, you know, telling Yasmani, slow your roll, we're going to need you a bunch this year, so we know you're a pro, you're going to be ready, so just, uh, just you know, take a seat, champ. Uh, what, what's your level of concern here with Yasmani's leg injury? Yeah, I feel the same way Lawrence was talking to me today. I feel the same way about it that happened last year. I think Yasmani does not like practicing baseball. 
doesn't like bullshit games that are don't count and ties. So he's like, you know what? I'll skip a couple weeks where I don't have to do this dumb stuff. I'm going to be in this grind for a buck 30, maybe catching behind the plate. So these little dumb games, I don't need to be in. I don't need to be doing running drills. When the bell rings, I'll be there. You know, I have no doubt that maybe he might have tweaked something, but also he could play. I think uh, Tony said as much, you know, if it was April, he would have played. But, you know, Yasmani's like, you know, I don't care. I really don't care about these garbage games. I'm in shape. When <laughs> Give me a bat and I'll hit. Give me a glove and I'll catch. Yeah, it just makes perfect sense. You're your you're high-paid, big-ticket free agent catcher. You don't want him out there with extra innings and extra wear and tear on his knees and legs. But also, it, it happens to be beneficial for Yasmani to be sitting out a bit because uh, there's there, the, the backup catcher role. Oh, boy. This is how you know we have first-world baseball problems here on the south side is all eyes are on the backup catcher position here. And uh, today was an interesting day if you're into the uh, backup catcher position. Uh, Jonathan Lucroy. Uh, played a bunch today. He got two hits today. Uh, but also before the game, this is uh, really out of nowhere. Uh, Tony La Russa was uh, was you know bestowing praise upon a a fan favorite around here. Here's Tony uh, La Russa before the game talking about another guy that could factor in to the backup catcher role. I'm on a mission for dime pieces oh, and sexy Tony. ladies. Allow me to introduce you to my You mean Mercedes? Uh, no, that was not Tony LaRusso. That was Paul Wall. I confuse them all the time. Here's Tony LaRusso talking about your mean. Uh, well, I speak for our pitching coaches and I speak for Jerry Naren. Uh, we all said he was excellent, outstanding. I mean, he received good, good hands. Uh, he was not beaten by the moment. You know, both he and Zavala helped us limit the da- damage. She gave us a chance to tie. And then, you know, he takes his at-best very seriously. So, you know, when I first got here, the, uh, there's a lot of um, positive comments from everybody about Zach and, and Yermin and, and, and Zavala and actually for a young guy, Carlos Lopez. But uh, I'm looking forward to the next time the Mercedes catches. That's something that I do not expect to hear is a uh, Hall of Famer baseball person manager just uh, giving praise to uh, your mean Mercedes's defensive attributes behind the plate. This is going to be an interesting battle here between that backup catcher spot with Zach Collins, Jonathan Lucroy, and your mean Mercedes. Were, were you surprised to hear, uh, you know, your mean's name in the mix there from Tony, just unsolicited almost? I think we're bearing the lead. Did we, did we get Aaron Savali on the team? Did we just get him from the Cleveland Indians? We found <laughs> our fifth starter spot. Let's go. I know. The volley's on our team. Finally. No, um, of course, that's Sebi Savala. Yeah. Okay. I'm very surprised because I think he has zero chance of being in the uh, catcher role, the backup catcher role. I think he did this the other day, talking big about Gavin Sheets and Michael Adolfo talking about, oh, these guys can be in the DH conversation, too. I would like to be his agent. Stop. Calm down. I know our guy, Yermin, is decent, but as far as the backup catcher role, no, sir. No, sir. None. As I've heard it, he's not a great catcher. He's a good hitter, and he's hit everywhere he's gone, but our guys at the Future Sox would say, no, that's not probably his role in the majors. He'll just probably be bat-only guy DH first baseman, he'll find another spot. But yeah, I maybe 
Tony's just giving encouragement to a guy and telling him, you know, keep on pushing. Maybe you'll make it. But truth be told, I think it's Lucroy's job to lose unless he gets hurt. It's his job. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. If if Lucroy's healthy and uh, and he hits like he has been in the early going here, and he caught Lucas today, and Lucas said he enjoyed throwing to him, I, I think you're right about that. But I'm wondering if Tony sees a guy in your mean who he knows the bat plays, so he's just trying to you know show him some love and some praise, and you know see to it that maybe he finds his way onto the roster because that bat is valuable especially if you're going to play the old service time game in the DH spot with Andrew Vaughn, which we'll get to. thought about that. Yeah, we'll get to Andrew Vaughn here in a second because this is a, a, something I want to really get into uh, when we talk about Andrew Vaughn's role in the early going in 2021. But uh, back to other things about this game today. A um, couple things I have in my notes here. I don't know how intently you watched. You know, We were doing the show today, so I just had it on, on the TV in the room, but I took my notes here. Um, early on, Moncada got hit by a pitch, and that scared us all. And you know, we were all kind of joking, like, "Oh no, Yuan's going to be out for a month now because he got hit on the foot." But then he comes back later and has a really nice at bat where he shoots a double the opposite way. And so far, so good in the early going here for Yoan. Stole the base the other day. Uh, is getting on base pretty well here. So you have to like what you've seen from Yoan so far in the early going in spring here. Yeah, and it wasn't turned into disastrous. Percival, whatever the song is called. Desastre Personal. Yeah, and the fact that he stayed in there when that pitch hit him in the back foot tells me a lot. He's seeing the ball a lot deeper. And yeah, I don't like him to get hit by a pitch, but that's good. You know, you're staying in the in the batter's box. You're not just flinching when anything comes inside to you. And you saw what the bat that happened, I think is the last the bat of the game where he got a ball that was inside and inside out that some bitch to left center field. It was good to see. It was classic Yoan Mancata swing. And I'm looking forward to him just having a beast of a year after that 2022, sorry, that 2020 disaster of a year with the COVID and all the stuff that went into it. So I'm very, very hyped to see that man do his work. I have no worries about Jose Abreu this year. The only thing I think they should do with him is keep him fresh and that'll play into more of this Andrew Vaughn conversation. But Jose Abreu just, you know, he, it's just, it's so unimpressive because it's routine for him. Like, you know, he just, he just wakes up in the morning and just rakes now. You know, he's always been that way, but it seems like he's really just, I know, again, it's spring. I get it. But I think it's a sign of good things to come for a guy who just, who just came off the COVID list and he probably didn't take many swings in the offseason. Uh, but he still, he just looks pretty damn good, man. It's just, it's, it's a comforting, uh, aspect and a, and, a, and a force in the middle of that lineup there and everything kind of just revolves around what he does in the middle of that lineup yeah it's just really good to see that he looks like you know I know people say this all the time it looks like in the best shape of his life not like he was in terrible shape for these couple of years just you know as you get older the metabolism slows down so you expect a little bit more gut or a little bit more uh, lag on the swing but no Jose looked like Jose today and throughout the spring, like you said, there is, you know, no chance for him to get any swings in in a real game because he's coming off the COVID list. And he said he had no symptoms, but still, that's a serious disease and illness that everybody's going through, and it affects people differently. So for him to just like, you know, I'm gonna shake it off. Yeah, I'm good, and grab a bat and just that ball, like the left fielder just 
turned around. He's like, okay, it's going to hit off the wall. I just need to field it because I can't catch it. It's just going so damn fast. I don't know if they had the exit velocity going for NBC Sports Chicago today because I was catching this game out of the corner of my eye because I was watching or listening to the Ryan Pace, uh, Matt Nagy garbage today. Oh, and so, that, is that good or no? Uh, just boring <laughs> as shit. Um, but that man is is consistent. And I love that he is on the team, even though I wanted him off the team a couple of years ago. Hey, I'm glad I'm wrong on this one. This man is a White Sox legend, and he'll go down as such when he does win a World Series, probably the second best White Sox hitter of all time. Wow, that's that's high praise right there. And it, it's funny because everyone made a – I heard you know the, some of the reporters talking about this today. I think Vinny Duber was mentioning on the score. But when Jose Abreu came back into the clubhouse after not being with the team for the first couple of weeks of spring, balloons – big celebration like they who doesn't love pito man like you know he just a, a king's welcome like this is the first time they'd seen him since the mvp award and the first time they've been around him you know and a lot, a lot of times these guys maybe would be together in the offseason a little bit here or there vacation together and whatnot but it's their first time seeing jose and he was really welcomed very warmly it's like you know they, there's so many uh, leader types in this clubhouse and so many likable guys and they all seem to like each other right now and uh, credit so far in the early going to Tony La Russa for nurturing that atmosphere and staying out of the way here. Um, we're going to take a quick time out and we're going to talk about uh, Andrew Vaughn who's going to force the issue I think a little bit here for the White Sox and we're going to find out is he going to be on this roster opening day or not. We'll be right back here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And now somehow the Built Bar has even become delicious-er. They've got six new flavors. And also, they'll bring back a classic flavor on you. They brought back cookie dough over the weekend, and I snoozed out. I, I tried to get my order in before, but they were, boom, they were gone like that. So, uh, I did make my order at BuiltBar.com because, as I said before, I am hooked on Built Bars, and I'm trying to implement them in my, my weight loss plan here, trying to get uh, summer beach body ready instead of uh, dad bod ready, which is uh, my baseline here. But I've been leaning on the Built Bars a lot lately, and I just ordered. This is the third time now that I've ordered Built Bars on my own dime, uh, and they're a sponsor, so you, you hear us talk about it on the show. But also, I am you know a consumer of these Built Bars, and I can tell you, they're just awesome. As someone who loves sweets, uh, the taste of real chocolate, just awesome. They pack a lot of protein, so that combined with the chocolate, it, it satisfies my sweet tooth and also keeps me full until the next meal. Or maybe it caps off uh, my dinner with a nice little dessert treat at the end of the day, and it's it's just beautiful. I ordered 18. No, check that. I ordered 24. I Usually I order 18. That's my standard order, but I decided to kick it up a notch. Check it out. Here's my order that I placed on Saturday. I ordered Six of my favorites, say it with me now, the coconut. I ordered six cookies and cream, six mint brownie, and six German chocolate cake. So that's 24 Built Bars, uh, which should last me a couple weeks. And what happened was I realized I didn't order enough last time I ordered them because by the time the next box got to me, I ran out and I was starting to make some bad choices again. So I need to make sure that those are with me at all times here. And don't take my word for it here on the podcast because by the time you listen to this, the next flavor could already be at BuiltBar.com. So go there now and make sure you don't miss out on the next limited edition flavor like cookie dough or coconut brownie crunch, which was awesome. So get to BuiltBar.com now and place your order and mention us, Locked On, right? Locked On in the promo code box so they know that we sent you. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. 
We're covering everything you need to know about the White Sox, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news that you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe today to the Locked On Today podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Herb, I mentioned Andrew Vaughn. Former number one pick. We talked about him a lot this offseason. Is he the right guy to step up for the DH role? And, you know, drew a walk in Sunday's game. But today, Andrew Vaughn came up and did this. Sent him west. Andrew Vaughn slugs this ball to left field. Calhoun is back. It is gone. Bring him home. That is why the White Sox are so high on the first-round pick from a couple of years ago out of Cal. So there you have it, Andrew Vaughn with the first-inning three-run shot today off of Kohei Arihara just coming over from the Japanese League, making his debut for the Rangers today. So, you know, it's it's, it's a guy coming over from uh, Japan with expectations. So it's a guy trying to prove himself and, you know, uh, not so well in the early going there in the first inning. But Andrew ba- Andrew Vaughn, oh, I said Andrew Baum, you believe that? <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. Andrew Vaughn hits the bomb. Um, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna prove us wrong, Kirby. Not prove us wrong, because I don't want to say that we we didn't think that Andrew Vaughn's not gonna work out. But it's just not the plan we would have had. It's not Plan One A for the DH spot. But Andrew Vaughn looks pretty good right now. And I have to ask you, uh, keep this in mind. Jeff Passan tweeting earlier today. Uh, alternate sites are coming back, uh, and the AAA season, which was scheduled to begin April 6th, will be delayed for at least a month, sources tell ESPN. So if Andrew Vaughn's not on the opening day roster, he's going to be back in Schaumburg, I would assume, is where they're going to have the alternate site. So, Herb, gun to your head today, uh, do you think Andrew Vaughn is going to be on the opening day roster for the White Sox? Yes, they've talked about it way too much and given us the ammo already where the GM's talking about it and other people are talking about it. And he comes out today with that high fastball up it towards his uh, body, pulls the hands in, gets the barrel on that ball and crushes it. Right when he hit it, I was like, there's no way that ball went out. There's no way he got that barrel to that ball. And he did. It's lightning quick. I don't know how fast the, the Japanese pitcher pitches, but I think it was upper you know, mid 90s to do that to a major league pitcher is amazing, especially a guy who hadn't seen a pitch above a level and i know that he you know did some uh, work last year in spring training where he's in the major league camp but this is impressive every single person you talk to at that camp white Sox people other personnel say this kid is just gonna hit my skepticism i think yours too is just as any rookie he'll struggle and he'll have no real history of being a professional baseball player to fall back on he's only had one season at a level and you know sometimes you do struggle in baseball it's a game of failure so then you go back to okay what did I do last time when I was in this situation that's what I'm worried about where Andrew Vaughn just gets overwhelmed by being on this team being in a major leagues being uh, a rookie people adjusting to him and not knowing how to adjust back all these things and so if Andrew Vaughn proves us wrong and I put those in quotes do it again yeah Timmy proved me wrong. How bring you proved me wrong? Andrew Vaughn, keep keep the streak going. Let's go. I'm I'll be glad to be proven wrong, but I'll put it on record. I don't think Andrew Vaughn will be the guy that he's gonna be in five years. I don't even think he'll be a decent DH this year. I think he'll show flashes like he did today, but 
I think the Major League Baseball will catch up to him and he will be uh, maybe mediocre, just average at DH, which is fine. If you have a, a, the other places just hitting well uh, on the on the roster, but as a designated hitter, it's just real tough to have a guy that's not going to be dominant with the bat because that's your only skill you're going to get from the person. All right, so let's play the what-if game here. What if Andrew Vaughn has a rock-solid spring and he continues to show what he showed today, gets on base at a pretty decent clip, and he looks the part. like He looks like a major leaguer, and that DH spot is vacant. Do you think Rick Hahn will put him on the opening day roster? I think, yeah, he is messed up himself by talking him up and saying that he might have a chance to do it. If he has an ass-kickingly great spring, which he's off to already, it's only three games, but... There's no way you're going to keep this kid off the roster. For who? Jeremy Mercedes? I love him. That's our guy. You're not keeping a first-round pick who's shown you that he can hit Major League pitching off the Major League roster, especially when people already know service time manipulations out there. Yeah, they would probably write, like to have this kid sign a long-term deal, but you cannot, you cannot do that after you've talked him up this much and then say, oh, yeah, go to the alternate site and get more seasoning. No, you guys just told us last year you're so great in the alternate site and that many people on the White Sox staff thought that he was better, much better than Encarnacion and could have helped the team down the stretch, and he could have been up that last year. So, yeah, I think that there's no way except for Andrew Vaughn struggling mightily in these spring games that he doesn't make the team opening day. Well, there is precedent here, right? This is what they did with Nick Madrigal last year. They held him back. They service time gamed him, and we talked about that at great length when it happened. We said maybe you know Nick Madrigal is not a guy who's going to profile out to be a guy that you're going to have to sign a big paycheck to at the end, you know, to extend him. You could probably give him the Tim Anderson deal or whatever that is adjusted with inflation over time. Maybe even not that much, but you know, but Nick Madrigal certainly looked like he was ready to go right out of the shoot. He did have that injury early, but he hit all year once he was up, um, showed some base running, uh, you know, uh, lack of prowess there <laughs> pretty much all year. One time it got him hurt, and then in the playoffs we know what happened there. But uh, Nick Madrigal looked like he was ready to play, and maybe Rick Hahn, the, not all things are equal here, right? So last year the White Sox didn't have World Series expectations. There was no real purpose to having Nick Madrigal up, especially with the expanded postseason, you know, so you gain an extra year. I, I'm not a fan of that, but it's just the system. And, you know, so far the White Sox have done right by their players in terms of giving them early extensions when other teams maybe wouldn't do so. You know, you're, you're seeing it play out with Chris Bryant now is going to be playing his last season for the Chicago Cubs, it looks like. And, you know, that relationship is deteriorated pretty poorly over the last few years but you have to wonder with world series expectations this year does rick Hahn say okay the game has changed a little bit and now i need andrew vaughn on my roster day one because even with expanded playoffs you know you're you're you know i don't want to say the white Sox are a shoe in to make the postseason but they've got a good a shot as anyone even if they underperform a little bit like they're still solid enough they still have enough depth where they should be able to to make in the playoffs even with an underwhelming season but with every game still counting for seeding, and you got to believe that they're going to want that number one seeding, depending on how they're going to do the playoffs. I don't think we know that yet for sure. I don't think we'll be doing, you know, uh, like like we had last year with the with the certain sites and playing only in, in one one city or state. Or we won't have that. But you got to figure, you know, 
if, if you if you want to keep that home field advantage, you're going to want to have your best guys to go on day one. And if you believe Andrew Vaughn's the guy you think he is, then you're going to have him on that roster, no? He has to be. With the Nick Magical situation, you had other people that can keep the spot warm. You had Danny Mendick, who played decent while he was out there. You have uh, Larry Garcia, decent. There's no guy on the team right now that could give you major league at bats at the designated hitter spot every day. Your means had one at bat one, like you can't do that. So I would just say there's no reason. There was no reason to do it with Nick magical. As you just stated, there's more of a reason to do it with Andrew Vaughn because he's going to be a corner infielder and it's going to hit a lot of home runs. I think in his major league career. So it'll, it'll cost a pretty penny, but this is a championship time and you didn't go out and get the big time name and most, and I know James Fox was saying this when we had him on, most think that Andrew Vaughn is the reason why, because they didn't want anybody blocking this kid. Maybe they offered only a one-year deal for Nelson Cruz because they knew that this kid is coming and they could do that for Andrew Vaughn. If uh, Nelson Cruz is going to be here for a year, but since he ain't, they're like, this guy is ready right now. We'll just roll with him. Well, did you and, see the the White Sox were among the the eleven teams I believe who were, who were at the Ioannis Cespedes workout uh, earlier this week? That was intriguing to me. We're real good. Yeah, <laughs> I think. But so. But that might be a White Sox thing where they're like a courtesy sign his brother or his friend shit like they did with Manny Machado. Just maybe a courtesy to the family or you know yeah. to 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 Pito. I don't know if they're tight. You know what I mean? Just because they're from Cuba, I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I guess you know as a, from a scouting side, you just want to do your due diligence. I get that. In case someone goes down, you want to be able to say you were there. But uh, speaking of Jose Abreu, real quick here as we close out here on Andrew Vaughn. Jose Abreu is your unofficial captain. He's one of your generals out there on the field. You remember him saying back in, was it tw- the 2018 season, excuse me, 2019 season, where he was basically saying, hey, give us some help here. And he was, you know, calling for the, the call-up of Luis Robert and, you know, ha- adding reinforcements to a team that was hovering around average, you know, but he, but he, know, he knew that the roster was not what it could be. Jose Abreu was very honest at the time about getting more players on board and, and helping the team. Let's put a pin in this conversation. We'll be back after a very, very quick timeout. Andrew Vaughn had some very, very kind words said about him from an MVP. We'll take a listen to that together right here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over. But the NBA, college hoops, and the NHL are in full swing. Plus, MLB futures are right there for you at betonline.ag. We're going to do a show, I think maybe this week. We keep pushing it back, but there's so much news going around here in baseball. Uh, We'll give you our futures edition of Lockdown White Sox with the odds incorporated from betonline.ag. They've got you covered from award shows. Uh, TV shows, and even reality TV. There's updated odds in real time and props on almost anything you can imagine. Herb, what do, you know? I know you're one who likes to dabble in uh, online investing. What are some of the things you're looking at here to sort of uh, bridge the gap between football and baseball season? Well, I don't like to bet on my own teams. Like I told you with betonline.ag, you can bet on the Illini. This is a different service than the ones that you hear uh, broadcasting locally. BetOnline.ag is offshore, so you can bet on the Illini if you really want to. And in this regard, I'm going to go to their MLB futures. While they have the White Sox at over under of a 90 and a half wins, I'm not going to touch that because 
it's too close to my number, and also I'll be betting with my heart. So I go to the team that I hate the most. It's the Minnesota Twins with a over-under of 85.5 wins. I think the Minnesota Twins are going to be better than that. So if I wanted to, I'd go to betonline.ag and bet the over 85, 88.5 wins for the Minnesota Twins at negative 115. Uh, $100, $100 to win me 100 115 to win me $100, I'm going to be doing that on betonline.ag. Absolutely. And then I hedge my bets right there, Tanny. So when the White Sox do stuff it up the Twins' ass, at least I'm like, all right, the White Sox won. But if the Twins somehow become the Twins and do the Twin things, at least I made some money, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's no better place to do it than on betonline.ag. Uh, head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code locked on to get your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. Locked On Fantasy Baseball is a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy, Dynasty Leagues, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. Here's what Jose Abreu had to say basically about his his future replacement over at first base in Andrew Vaughn. Here's uh, Pito after the game today in Glendale. I've been impressed with him since I, uh, I saw him um, last summer, last summer in, in, in the summer camp. And he had a lot of talent. I don't have any doubt in my mind that he's ready to play in the majors and, and ready to, to help us. That's Jose through the interpreter Billy Russo saying, yeah, he's ready to go right now. So you're, you're starting to see it go in that direction. So now, sadly, I think it becomes a, an issue whether or not they service time game him or not. And with the pending uh, work stoppage next year, yeah. you know, you ha- I don't know if they're going to try to get a deal done before that just to, to, to ease Andrew Vaughn's mind or maybe even – Andrew Vaughn would be foolish to sign a deal now, but before, you know, yeah. So this is going to unfold lots of drama here. And if Andrew Vaughn continues to play like he's been playing, it's going to be something to watch here. But uh, to speak to what you just talked about with Jose Abreu saying that this kid could help us now, this reminds me of when the San Diego Padres in 2019, Manny Machado just got there. Eric Hosmer has been there for a year and other veteran players saw what, Fernando Tatis could do and the Padres were going to service time him. They're going to send him down to the minors like Cosmer and Machado and other veterans went into AJ Preller's office and said, no, you have got to start this kid opening day. He can help us now. You have to. And that kind of sounds like what Jose said. It's like this kid can help us now. And after the game, you heard Lucas Giolito say, man, I called that home run by Andrew Vaughn. The kid is just outstanding. He can hit. So I'm sure that veterans on the White Sox want him on the team because they know he's one of the best 26 members of their squad and he can lead them forward. Did you notice anything about Andrew Vaughn's home run trot today as I did? 
I didn't. <laughs> well, he's got like he's got the stocky legs going, and you know I, I don't want to you know channel my my inner Cubs scout with Kyle Schwarber here with the Babe F and Ruth, but he's got the rundown. He's got like Babe Ruth's like you know little run around the bases down a little bit. I want to do a side by side video, but it reminded me of uh, of Seinfeld with George Steinbrenner with Larry David doing the voice. Babe Ruth was nothing more than a fat old man with little girl legs. <laughs> and here's something I just found out recently. He wasn't really a sultan. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was kind of funny, though. Uh, we, we just, Shane Reardon and I were just sort of like, yeah, he's got a unique little uh, trot around the bases there. But uh, man, would you look at that, Herbie? We are we are out of time here for this episode. This edition, 181 of Locked on Sox. We didn't even get a chance to get to the mailbag here, which we're trying to do every week. But there's so many intriguing storylines here in the spring. Uh, we're going to keep uh, keep things tight, and we'll get to it tomorrow. We're back to five episodes a week here. So I have no doubt that we'll get to some of these interesting things tomorrow i want to talk about something that rick Hahn said uh that had white Sox fans dumb mad last week and we, we kind of let it slip through the cracks because we already had our five shows but i don't want it to go unnoticed and un- unmentioned uh and also there's a, a mailbag tomorrow uh mike victor's checking in and, and he wants to talk about road trips the world's opening up again and there's a little note uh just quickly here on the way out uh pnc park is going to prepare to host 20% of fans starting opening day. So our trip there in June looking yes. real good. So that's very exciting. I was uh, tweeting with James Fox about that earlier. So we'll, we'll get to that more in depth tomorrow. So, so hang on to that and uh, let us uh, let the people know how they can get a hold of us for the mailbag and any other uh, questions, comments, concerns, because there are they're, they're pouring in during the week with so much going on, which I like. Like I like fresh emails during the week, and people are doing that. Uh, there was a funny meme sent to us tonight, but how can they do that, get a hold of us? LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Send your stuff to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Questions, comments, whatever you want to write us, we'll read them all. Not all of them make our shows, so... That is Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23, Lawrence spelled backwards, 23 for Rob Ventura. And another thing, get that goddamn number off, Jonathan Lucroy. That two three is sacred Ooh. for Robin Ventura. Dude, there's a there's a oh, yeah, and also the World Series MVP Tremaine Die. Um, yes, yes. I'm sorry, man. That's what I think of. Even though you're Eckner Wall 23, and I had the poster of Robin Ventura on my wall when I was a youngster, the hot corner poster with Robin Ventura, you know, making making the peg uh, uh, amid flames. Uh, but there's a there's a couple number things that I'm not a fan of. I don't like the 23 on Lucroy. Um, and I don't like Tony La Russa wearing Ed Farmer's number 22. I'm just going to say that right now, friends. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're just they're just numbers, okay? So it is what it is, but that's that's a fair point. Uh, is Andrew Vaughn going to stick with his funny number, by the way? 81? Yeah. Um, it didn't make sense. Like, he wasn't born then. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Like, the, the, the Sox, man, like, I don't know if they started the trend. Like, Abreu and then Eloy, Dylan Cease. Louis, Louis Robert, like all these high number kids, like, you know, whatever, whatever it is, man, it's working. So, I, you know, if I were Andrew Vaughn, maybe 81 would not be the first number I'd pick. But, yeah, whatever works for the Sox, man. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he ends up picking. So that is our episode today. Thank you for joining us again for Locked On Sox.